<laughs> Hello there, I'm Angela Caturns. And I'm Wendy Harmer. She's doing the hand movements yes, to the I music. Am. I'm doing all the dancing, the... It's very oh. elvish, isn't it? Very impish and elvish, this music. Yes, we like love it. this music. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, Wend. Mm-hmm. For me, another day, another milestone. Yesterday, I met the teenage daughter's boyfriend. Whoa. <laughs> That's right. How was that? Well, I've known about the boyfriend for some time. She's been uh, very sweet about it and and told me that uh, she couched it in these terms a a little while back. She said, hey, mum, you know, I I didn't think, you know, there's this boy and I didn't think it was going to be anything much, but it is. Yes. So anyway, she's she's been seeing this boy for a while and I met him finally for the first time yesterday. Mm. It's it's the sort of the issue of the expectations one has, mm. the high hopes one has for one's daughter. I wonder if anyone will ever be good enough for our daughters, Wend. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I'm expecting Sometimes. some magnificent specimen, magnificently groomed and dressed, <laughs> unbelievably well-mannered. You know, and I met a nice, you know, teenage boy. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Just a boy. He's a nice boy. He's a nice boy. But I wonder, I mean, you're going to have to roll forward your horizon at this point. Do you think that anyone will be good enough for your darling daughter? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you do? Look, look, I just, I just dated a, a series of drop kicks for years. I have to say I did too. My first boyfriend turned up at our house with long, long red hair wearing a bullet around his neck. And my mother, you know, immediately said, oh, riding a motorbike. (laughs) My mother immediately said, you are not going out with him. (laughs) Yes, I am. Stop me, you know, try and stop me. So anyway, no, the the boy is a very, very lovely boy. Yeah, I remember actually when I was was younger, um, I used to bring these various boys home and Dad had a way of testing them out to see whether they were any good. He used to take them down the pub and play pool (laughs) with them and get them blind drunk actually (gasps) and just see how they got, just see how they conducted themselves. Really? And uh, so I would uh, reluctantly watch this boy go out the door with and know he was going to be back in a, a blithering mess. I just, I still don't know what the actual. I'm not exactly what sure the point what, of that what was. the point of it so was. So did he give them, you know, a stern lecture, you know, you look after my daughter or else? No, I think it was just like, I think he used to just take them down the pub and beat them in pool to show who was boss, I think. Oh, really? But I think that was more like more oh, what it was. Oh, that's very interesting. The sort of male stag asserting himself. Yes, probably, I think so. Isn't that interesting? And say, see this pool cue here? <laughs> <laughs> I worry. I mean, I, I, I wonder now, you know, is this going to be the man she spends the rest of her life with? Because, you know, you do hear about people who, who marry their, their childhood sweetheart. Oh, come on, you can easily sabotage that. What are you talking about? <laughs> you got, you're not going to sit back and take that like a mouse. <laughs> How would I sabotage it? Oh. Give me some hints. Oh. <laughs> Sure, you could if you thought about it. Have you thought about coming out in the nude? That might work. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a beauty win. Thanks for that. I'll report <laughs> back. Invite them to stay over for the weekend. They <laughs> cook Brecky in the nude. Would you like some pikelets? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I fully expect my daughter to sort of have pink hair and, you know, six earrings in each ear and all that. Mm. I think she's going to be a wild sort of a thing. 
Because she's so rambunctious, you know. She's so kind of dealing with She's she's great. Now here's the thing that I wanted to know. She's uh, she's a very talented little person. Mm. My daughter. She's actually very good on piano. More than that, she's a brilliant mimic. She can do any accent you, you like. Is that so? And has been able to do it from when she was very very young. She was doing Irish. She can do, she's nine. She can do her Irish accent, her Scottish accent. Really? She does upper class English. She, since she was tiny, she's been able to do, hi, I'm Barbie, you know, all that. She's mm. great and she's mm. a good little dancer. And I watch those ads on TV, you know, for those talent schools and I think, would she, I mean, there's no way that I wouldn't, uh, that I want to let her go to one of those because I wouldn't trust them to sort of, I think, yeah, I think they'd bash all of sort of individuality and creativity out of her, I think. Do you? No, no, I don't think so at all. I think on the contrary, it's it would encourage the creativity and no, individuality. No, I think they all come out like cookie cutters. What I... Do I, you? Yes, I, that's what I think. I think I want to wait until she's old enough where her she's really propelled there. She really has to sort of, you know, go to college or study herself, not at, at a young age and... You know, like I mean, me. I mean, I found my way to the stage at the old, old ripe old age of about twenty nine. Mm. Well, How did you get into showbiz? I don't really think I'm in showbiz, am you, I? You were on telly, though. <laughs> well, that's true, but it wasn't really a showbiz sort of a role. I just answered an ad in the newspaper. To be perfectly honest, see, that's what I mean. <laughs> And you've ended up with this, you know, 30 mm. years career in uh, entertainment, radio and television. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but uh, so I, I take your point perhaps at this age, at nine, but what about high school? What about sending her to a high school, you know, where she learns perhaps dance and drama? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And that is on the cards. And her, her music teacher says if she keeps going along well, she could maybe go to the conservatorium if she, you know, does mm. all that. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not averse to all that, but I keep thinking, she watches those ads and, you know, with people pretending to be trees and stuff and, and you know, <laughs> doing terrible plays and all, you know, all poncing around to flash dance and, you know, thinks maybe she should do that and I just and I just say no. No. And does that upset her? Is, are you breaking her heart, Wind? No, 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 no. She's still flitting and hither and yon. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Look, I have to say, you know that mine has gone to a, it's a, a you know, a comprehensive high school mm. but a kind of special in performing arts. Yeah, 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 that's right. And uh, she went there, you know, with the love of of theatre in primary school and now she reads plays for fun. Mm, You mm. know, she's very, very well versed in the theatre and and knows theatre far better than I do and and has a great love for it. So uh, it it doesn't pander to little children who want to be movie stars in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I guess that's it. Those talent schools that, you know, every kid, you know, wants to be a movie star and there are these stage mothers there sitting there pushing them forward. Yes, well, that's a bit unfortunate. I think I'll be very useful. Do you? To her, mm-hmm. yes, and, mm-hmm. you know, and helping them and, you know, I think oh, <laughs> at some stage. Her mother, her grandmother had a psychic vision before, the night before Maeve was born that she was sitting in the front row watching Maeve on the stage. Is that so? The night before she was born? That's right. Uh Uh-oh. So, um... Yeah, yeah, not a lot of mum's psychic visions have come true. Mum actually once, this is interesting about my mother, Mm. she actually moved once because a seagull told her. (laughs) That's a good enough reason. Oh, my dear. (laughs) 
Do you want to elaborate on that? Yes, I will just elaborate move on? on that. No, no, I will elaborate on it. Mum mm. had gone to go work on the Fraser Island, I think. She yes. was, or some island. Yes. I can't remember where, which island it was. Anyway, up north there and go and take a job. And uh, she wasn't really enjoying herself all that much there. And she said she was sitting on the beach one day and this seagull came and hovered and hovered and hovered in yeah. a very, very strange way mm. and seemed to be speaking, beckoning to her. Oh so, <laughs> so she decided it was time to move back to Tasmania. But it says that the seagull brought her the message. I see. <clears throat> Okay, and did it did it prove to be the right decision? Oh, of course it did. She wanted to go home anyway. Oh, okay. And she was allergic <laughs> to sandflies. <laughs> so the seagull told her that's fair enough. <laughs> hey, when? Yes. I want to share with you this beautiful email from uh, a listener. Recently, I, I shared with you a lovely memory of having stood in front of the Mona Lisa, and uh, a kid tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Aren't you Angela Caterns from Simon Townsend's Wonderworld, the mm. kids' TV show that I used to work on?" Anyway, a lovely. Uh, Frenchman, 44-year-old Frenchman, in fact, sent this email. Living in Paris, a happy listener of your podcast, would you allow me to correct some confused Angela's memories of her 30-years-old trip in Italy? The uh, Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci is not in the Uffizi in Italy, but in Le Louvre in Paris, you France. Know, do you know what? <laughs> of course it is. Of course. I was sitting here when you said that and I thought... What I the think, hell? I think it's in the loop. Yes, I, just, of course I was it sitting is. there thinking, I think that's in the loop. But then you were saying that you went there, so and I haven't been to see it. So I thought, oh, well, Hange would know. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> thanks, oh, doll. I'll just keep quiet. Thanks for believing me. That's see? very nice. That's yeah. very good. And I should have. I should have. I probably should have corrected you. Yes, of course. You, you and then you would have said. Anyway, this lovely Frenchman has corrected me, but he's, what he goes on to say is what I think is interesting is how any one of us keeps her or his memories, mm. how they mix, mm. how they are rebuilt or even invented as time goes by. And I think that's absolutely true, don't you? I mean, are you are you true to your memories or do you embellish, exaggerate? Well, the interesting thing is that I've been asked to sort of write my autobiography I can't remember huge slabs <laughs> no, of it. That's right. And don't you regret not writing it down? Because some gas stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you just remember it when you need to. But the other thing about those uh, uh, biographies, autobiographies, I think that's really tricky to negotiate is, uh, you know, your memories of other people and how events unfolded. And um, there'd be many people around who would say, well, that never happened. Yes. So I don't know how you go about writing an autobiography. What without sort of you have to check all the facts. Yes, that's a bit boring. Isn't I it? think you must just have to sort of take a particular angle on it and not make it a sort of a document of record. No, well that's exactly right because there are so many I've got a lot of stories from my past and I do embellish them over the years. Mm. I've embellished them and exaggerated them and bent them to fit the occasion and they've turned out to be fantastic stories. <laughs> you know, and they'd probably be about 10 to 15% true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you reckon? That's exactly right. Well, you're asking a comedian to oh, yeah. exaggerate everything. Well, I bet you do. That's yeah, right. Yeah. But when it comes to the memory, I just last week actually I was working on the radio and there was a woman there who I've worked quite closely with over the years and I completely forgot her name, this former colleague of mine. I just sat there and stared at her and I spent hours trying to remember her name, concentrating mm. on dredging up her name. Mm. And eventually, hours later, it came to me. Yes. And I Brilliant. thought, yes, I remembered it. And then five minutes later, I forgot it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I thought, oh, my God, I should have written it down. Oh, shocking. <laughs> it was so bad. Eventually it came back and now I remember it completely. Yeah. But what, what is that? Is that? That's an old age. Old age. <laughs> I think that's cool. But we also, shocking. we did it. We, when we were kids, the four of us were encouraged by my father to sit around the table every morning and tell each other our dreams. Oh, I love that. And so we. I love that game. Yeah. With a dream interpreting book no, no, nearby. No, 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 no. no, just no. For that's the stories. Um, Mum used to read the t- our tea leaves in the teacups. <laughs> and listen for seagulls. Yeah, listen for seagulls. But um, we'd sit around, we'd share our dreams. The interesting thing is, you know those flying dreams? Yes, I love a flying dream. Well, the funny thing about in our family was in the flying dreams that we each of us had a different method of takeoff in flying dreams. Oh. When I have a flying dream, I just wish myself up into the air and I just sort of levitate. And then I do all somersaults and tumble turns. Does that happen often? You see, that's a very rare and wonderful dream to have, you know, the flying yeah, dream. Yeah, yeah, I do get those a lot. Do you? I've only oh. ever had it once. Oh, really? In yeah, your whole only... life? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've flown in aeroplanes in my dream, but never just myself flying through the sky. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a very, very common dream. Isn't of mine. that wonderful? That I can just and and I didn't. It it just feels like what it feels like to be um, snorkeling in the water. Except I'm in the air yes. and I can look down. And oh, everything. how gorgeous! And my, and my one of my other brothers, he would have to stand on a cliff and jump off, mm-hmm. and then. My other brother, he would have to run really, really, really fast until he sort of reached sort of maximum velocity and take off. And my sister would have to flap her arms <laughs> like crazy to take off. Now, but the thing was, I, I mentioned this because I'm talking about memory. Mm. We used to sit around and share That's a great these thing dreams to do. every morning. But mm. now in some of my memories... I'm not sure whether it was one of my brothers and sisters' dreams Dreams. Ah, that I was in. That I was in or whether it actually happened. Ah, I see what you mean. There's a few things that that became, we sort of half inhabited dreamland and we half inhabited the real world. So there's a few really blurry moments Yes, so do you do that with your own family? Now share your dreams over breakfast well, in the morning. Not, but no, not particularly purposefully. But if they ever do come to me and say, you know, I've had a dream, well, you know. Mm. But you know, the one I'm having at the moment and What's really that? recurrent. What's that? And this is not good. Uh oh. The tsunami dream. <gasps> what where a big wave comes? Yeah, I'm having that really regularly <sighs> at the moment. And so, what you're drowning? Oh, um, I can see for miles off the wave coming. It's usually <sighs> towards the house. And I have to go and locate the family and the kids and everything. And then it comes and it washes over us and we're underwater and then it recedes. But a couple of times the kids have been swept away or things go missing. And apparently Mm. the dream means that I just might have a little bit much on. You're being a little bit overwhelmed, (laughs) a tad dizzy, (laughs) a little bit underwater, snowed under. Snowed under. So Uh, there you go. Oh, that's good. And do you have any recurring dreams? We could talk for hours about dreams. No, not really. Well, yes, I do actually, and water also is involved in that. But let's save that for another day. Yeah. I was reading an interesting article the other day, and I thought it was pretty... Pretty spot on. Oh, yes. What was that? Saying that our default sort of emotion in Mm. life these days as a society is cynicism. Really? Whenever we see a good story happen, 
or, you know, or we hear of a death or anything, you know, in, in the press, we immediately go to the dark side and think the worst. Do we? And really, it's partly because we don't want to be taken in by charlatans. That's very interesting. And I think that that's true. And I think, I'll give you an example. There's this YouTube on the on the net at the moment, which is Kevin and Jill's Big Day. Oh, I saw it at the wedding. Isn't, Isn't it gorgeous? gorgeous? Oh, I loved it. I well, absolutely so I loved wrote it. into this particular... You should explain, perhaps, to one or two people oh, yeah, in the yeah. world who haven't seen it Not yet. yet. Well, it's been seen by millions and well, millions of people. It has. Well, it's about a bridal uh, party who, instead of doing the normal... Da, 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 Walking down the aisle da, of the church. Da, da, it's in a da, church. Da, da. It appears to be a Catholic church. They dance down the aisle to this great Chris Brown song and it is just wonderful. It's so joyous and so fabulous. They somersault and they it's gorgeous. But I was on a website looking at it and I kind of wrote, oh, this made me smile and then it made me cry and then it made me smile again. What a joyous thing. And down the list, of course, you know, the rest of the letters are Oh, this sucks. That didn't really How? happen. That didn't really happen. That was stage. Oh, this is boring. Oh, nauseating. You know, all that kind of thing. And mm. I thought... But are they questioning the veracity of the video? Yeah, also... So they're questioning whether it happened at all. And how much money is going to be made out of it. I read a whole article on the net the other day saying, obviously, this was staged mm. so people could make money out And it goes on and on and on. And, and I just... I'm starting to feel like, you know... Maybe I'm naive. Well, you know what? I, I See, I believe everything at face value. I've always been a very gullible person, mm. always believe. You tell me something, I'm going to believe you mm. 100%. But it is the journalist's job to always question, isn't it? It's the journalist's job to look at something from another angle and question its veracity yeah, or but otherwise. Yeah, the thing is that this isn't about journalists. Though. I this know. Is, well, yeah. this is about the population. Well, this is about the population. I'm just suggesting that they yeah. caught it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That maybe... Maybe we've been taken in by spin, you know. I mean, people lie about their relationships. Remember Elton John got married, for goodness sake, you know, mm. and all that sort of thing. So I guess that we have had our had our perceptions dashed so many times by spin doctors that now we don't believe anything, or most people don't. I do. I'm prepared to believe all of it. Unless it's proven otherwise. Are you not feeling a little bit naive and stupid? Yeah, I often do. I often do. And so I have to consciously assume the journalist's position of questioning but my instinct my first reaction is to accept and believe most things that i'm told yeah yeah mm. i'm a bit the same too. Are you? well that's yeah. good isn't it i believed in fairies till i was about 15 i reckon <laughs> but yeah i think so but i wondered whether now that we have got the uh, internet and it's a very democratic world whether the world is much, much more cynical than we imagined. Whether yeah. people, I never realised there were that many cynical Cynics, people I know. in the world. Well, and the issue's been raised also because of that uh, English backpacker who got lost in the bush oh, in New yes, South Wales Jamie not so long ne- ago. Jamie Neal. Jamie yes. Neal, that's right. And everybody questioned, you know, the, after the sort of miracle that he survived two weeks in the bush and was discovered alive. So then the question is, oh, but he staged it, of course, so that he'd get yeah. paid by a TV station I, to tell his story. And I had a radio announcement. Or even say, oh, well, they'll, they'll find a cave where he's had all these supplies of food. <laughs> the empty baked beans tins. And I was thinking, I never, I never even thought of that. Why would you think that? I just thought, isn't that fantastic? Here's a bloke who got lost in the bush and he's been and found, he's found again. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? That's right. I'm with you, Will. Oh, do you think we're going out of fashion? We might be. We Pollyannas. 
Hey, when? Maybe we just throw evolutionary throwbacks. <laughs> no, I want to tell you about this, <laughs> truly. True. I'll tell you because I think in some ways that we mm. are, as a, the human race is devolving, mm. not evolving. I think in many ways, you know, years in, in earlier times, people were more evolved than we are. Do you? Yes, I absolutely do. Mm. And I think that people like us who are maybe, you know, part of the sort of happy, happy, joy, believe anything clan are probably, as I say, evolutionary throwbacks and will die out. But now that's being very, very cynical. Don't you think? No. <laughs> yes, you are. No. You're, yeah, you're being cynical about the, about the human person of today. I'm being thoughtful. Oh, okay I'm, then. Sorry. Forgive me. Difference. Forgive me. Play for, the music again. Forgive me for confusing thoughtfulness with cynicism. Yes. So when? Yeah. Is it just me or have you ever big noted yourself, mm. you know, held yourself up to be an expert and then... Had it. Had it and then found yourself, you know... Exploding your face. That's right. Are you talking Fallen about flat on your face. Pride goeth before a fall, perhaps? Exactly the saying I was right. after. What happened? Very, very recently, last week, in fact, I took some friends boating and I... Uh, it was quite an elaborate operation to get them on board this boat and so I put my hand up because I am an expert boater because I am a sailor and so <laughs> I rowed them individually out to the boat one by <laughs> one <laughs> that's right you know come here climb down yes. there get into the boat this way do this do that climb out of the boat that way one person then another person same deal then another person mm. had a nice time on the boat then exactly the same thing in reverse getting off the boat mm. do it this way get that way stand there Stand in the middle, get out that way, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, finally, the last person to get off out of the dinghy is me and I fell into the water. (laughs) I fell out of the boat and into the water. Cheers. Hooray. (laughs) Sopping wet, freezing cold, embarrassed beyond belief. (laughs) Credibility shot to pieces. Oh, dear. That's so true, isn't it? Uh, Oh, I remember years ago, I remember when I was working in stand-up comedy and um, I remember meeting all the members of the comic strip, you know, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. Oh, really? uh, You know, Alexis Sale. Really? Abe Edmondson and all that that lot, Rick Mayall. They all came out to Australia. And I was performing in Melbourne at the last laugh at the time and I think I was on in one space and they were on in the other. So, you know, I got to sort of big note myself with all the big note people. And I said to Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders, I'll show you around Melbourne. Mm. And I uh, was driving along in my little car and I had two very, very famous people in yes. my car. Yes. Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. Really? And this is my town. I can show you around. <laughs> Drove, got lost. <laughs> Drove up a one-way street. <laughs> Nicked by the police. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. Oh, were they good humoured about they, it? Well, they laughed themselves sick. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? And I was absolutely mortified. I've never forgotten it. It was hideous. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. Uh, yes. You can find more at abc.net.au slash local slash podcasts. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.